This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in a tough moment. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Well, that point at the Valley last weekend isn't looking so bad now, is it, Pompey fans? Results elsewhere, both on Saturday and again on Tuesday night, have ensured the Blues go into their next league fixture seven points clear at the top of the table, having had a six-point advantage prior to kick-off at the Valley last time out. We'll discuss all of that later on as we preview another big weekend of football for Portsmouth Football Club. Pompey take on Oxford United at Fratton Park tomorrow, match day number 36. And we'll be hearing tonight from striker Cassini Yengi ahead of that one, highlighting his hunger to keep improving and make his way back into the starting 11. If I work a bit harder in training, maybe I'll be able to start some more games. So I'm, I'm always wanting more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with eight goals, but I still want to push on it and score a lot more. Head coach John Massinho will be on the show too. He's been talking to George Wedlake about the big task he and his side have on their hands to get the Blues over the finishing line and into the championship. Now we've got a lot more work to do because we've still got a massive 11 games coming up and we've got to go and uh, you know, keep on with that form and try and finish the job. And as well as our two guests for this evening's helping of the football hour, we'll catch up with Kirsty Roxanne, who delivers the lowdown on Oxford. This is also a great chance for you back home to get your thoughts across to the panel. Could a strike partnership of Colby Bishop and Cassini Yengi work against the U's tomorrow? How many more wins do you think the Blues need to secure promotion? And what do you think the final score will be at Fratton Park this weekend? Our text number is 81400. Make sure you start those with the word express. You can also email us, pompey at expressfm.com. On X, it's at expressfm, facebook.com forward slash pompey live. Or the very best way to reach us is through the expressfm app. It's free, easy to use and quick to navigate through as well. Download now from the Apple app or Google Play Store if you haven't done so already. You join us here on 93.7 Express FM for the latest instalment of Pompey Discussion and we are very pleased you could join us. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Good evening. Welcome to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Thank you for tuning in to the show on which between now and seven we'll deliver all of the latest we have from Portsmouth Football Club, including a big preview of tomorrow's game against Oxford United at Fratton Park and news of a brand new signing announced just a few hours hours ago. We'll also look ahead and see what the Pompey women are up to this weekend as Jay Sadler's side returned to league action following last Sunday's National League Cup semi-final heartbreak away at Newcastle. More on all of that as well as some transfer gossip coming out of fresh reports this week as well. We'll bring in our two guests for tonight's conversation too. But not before we take a listen back to how the Blues got on last time out. After a run of four straight wins and seven without defeat, John Massinho took his side to the Valley to take on Charlton Athletic, a team without a league win in 15 attempts, but now managed by former Southampton boss Nathan Jones. No changes were made from the 4-1 victory over Reading a week prior. Guy Whittigan was alongside Andy Moon for the commentary in South East London. Every kick. Left a great delivery. Every goal. Curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, and I Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey. On Express FM. Pompey going from right to left. We are sat in the West Stand. 
And we are about to get this game underway. Charlton trying to break forward. They've got the ball in the box. There's a chance for Cardo. And he's hit the post. And Norris gathers. And a massive let off in two and a half minutes for Pompey. It's still nil nil. I thought that was heading in. Yes, it looked like he didn't strike it properly. Oh, and now there's danger at the other end as Kamara drives forward. And Kamara's fouled. And the referee says play on. And Bishop's shot is saved. And Lane can't get there. And Moxon shows good skill. And Moxon hits a volley and it's tipped over the bar. What an effort. Corner kick. Charlton worked this nicely over towards the right-hand side. Watson chance across in the box into a dangerous area. And Charlton missed a glorious chance. And I think Carnu and May got in each other's way. Nil-nil. Small to deliver it back in the box. It's not a good delivery, but it falls nicely for Charlton. And there's a chance for Charlton. And Norris saves initially. And he can't get the second one. It's still there. And it's half cleared. Jones back in the box. Pompey not away yet. Bishop with a risky challenge. No foul given. Goal kick. Spark steps up to deliver, it's whipped, and it's there, just claws it away, and Raggett was coming in, trying to like head that. the rebound in, it's a corner. It's close, wasn't it? Lots of movement, all in the six-yard box, that's got to be where it's coming, whipped towards the far post, it's there, doesn't get there, Bishop does, shot across goal and cleared. Pompey so close, Piat Harris recycles the ball and Pompey send it back to Rafferty. As Yengi, can he find Piat Harris? And Piat Harris is away here for Pompey. And this is a good run from Piat Harris. And he's got a chance in the area. And it's a good challenge. And he's won the ball. Pat, long throw into a dangerous area. Raggett's there. Loose in the penalty area. Shock the scene. Left footed volley is wide. It was just a hurried effort. And that's the final act of the game. And Shocknessy looks to the sky because he's had half a chance and he couldn't convert it in stoppage time. And Portsmouth's winning run comes to an end. It's finished here at the Valley. Charlton Athletic nil, Portsmouth nil. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. The highlights there of Pompey's goalless draw with Charlton Athletic last Saturday, where a point up the valley extended the Blues lead at the top of League One to seven points, owing to defeats elsewhere for both Derby County and Bolton Wanderers. And that gap remained at seven points following a flurry of games in midweek two. The Blues weren't in action on Tuesday night, but there were eight games being played across the division, with the two notable ones taking place at Pride Park and the DW Stadium. At Pride Park, Derby were playing their game in hand at home to Charlton, who had taken points off both Pompey and Bolton in recent weeks. The Addicts continued their resurgence with a 2-1 victory, coming back from a goal behind at half-time to take maximum points over the Rams, who remain seven points behind the Blues. However, now with no games in hand. That win for Charlton, ending a 16-game streak without one, and they are now unbeaten in four. At the DW, Bolton were in action away at Wigan Athletic for a Lancashire derby, and it was the Latics of Wigan who prevailed, winning by a goal to nil. That result means Bolton stay third, just behind Derby on goal difference, and still seven points adrift of Pompey, now with only one game in hand. Seven points adrift, one game in hand. Elsewhere, Carlisle ended an eight-game losing streak with a 1-0 win away at Burton, which also served as their first clean sheet in 28 matches. Leighton Orient strengthened their playoff push with a 1-0 victory at home to Blackpool. Lincoln City 3-0 winners over Shrewsbury. They are now unbeaten in nine and without a loss since New Year's Day. Fleetwood scored two late goals away at Port Vale to draw 2-2. Stevenage beat Cambridge by a goal to nil on home turf. And Wickham were 2-0 victors over Cheltenham Town 
at Adams Park. Those defeats for Derby and Bolton, by the way, have now opened the door for Barnsley, who are three points behind both sides with a game in hand on Bolton and having played two games fewer than Derby. Tomorrow's opponents, Oxford, drop out of the top six as a result of Stevenage's win over Cambridge on Tuesday night. Oxford United themselves were not in action, a bit like Pompey. Well, let's introduce uh, one of our guests for this evening's show. Alex Fletcher joins us over the powers of the internet this evening. Alex, it's great to have you back on the Football Hour tonight, my friend. Evening, Jake. Thanks for having me back on. And we've got a lot of good news to talk about, Alex. Um, after uh, no game in midweek for Pompey, we come into the Football Hour this evening with a lot of positives to talk about. And, and both Bolton and Derby defeated for a second game running, meaning that Pompey have only collected one point in the last seven days. Six were available for both of those teams just below, and they've both come away with nothing. Yeah, I mean, my Football Hour appearances are becoming slightly odd now because... The, the second to last time I was on here, it was all incredibly positive. I think it was after we beat beaten Shrewsbury. And then I came on again after we had that very poor run of form over Christmas, which I must admit I was very, very down about. And now here we are again. We're talking positive, not so much necessarily with our performances. All right, we've, we've gained a point at the weekend. But obviously, I mean, those results of both Derby and Bolton, not just dropping points, but 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 being defeated is huge. And, um, and so many Pompey fans, I think, have said, rather have the points, rather have the points. But there's always an air of sort of scepticism about that. Because you know full well that you you might have the points, but you don't necessarily have everything in your own hands. Mm. Everything is well within our own hands now, and it's you know we can't get too excited about negative form for them because we've still got to do the business on the pitch. And as you said, teams like Barnsley they're flying. They could they could very much be up in that promotion picture soon. But considering those were you know a couple of weeks ago, we said they're the, they're the main two challengers. It's it's very very positive what we're seeing, and um, as long as we do the business, then uh, hopefully. It could finally be our year, but uh, <laughs> there's always a chill that runs down my spine every time I say that because it's the, the curse of the football fan, I think, at this point. 11 cup finals to go, Alex. 11 mm, cup indeed, finals. Indeed. Potentially only five or six wins, does it? Um, you look back at that Charlton draw last weekend, Alex, uh, at nil-nil. Maybe after the game, you're a bit frustrated. A couple of chances Pompey had didn't quite put the game to bed. Charlton, very resilient, stubborn in their defence. And yeah, maybe two points dropped um, upon reflection very shortly after the game. But now you look back on it, they drew against Bolton the week prior, 3-3. They held Pompey to a nil-nil draw. They beat Derby on Tuesday night and they're now four unbeaten. Under Nathan Jones, they have hit a bit of a, a decent patch. And actually, that point at the Valley last Saturday, probably in hindsight, not a bad one now. Yeah, I was able to catch some of the game. And I think um, when you watch it, you can clearly see that Charlton had their game previously where you know, they've had a thrill draw, which for them is incredibly exciting. But their priority is to tighten up at the back. Um, not only were they defensively pretty resolute, but also they were incredibly stubborn. They were difficult to play against. They, they used every trick in the book to slow the game down kill our momentum listen we've not had an incredible record at the valley in the last few years it is a very very difficult place to go even as a fan going there it's a great stadium but it it doesn't feel particularly welcoming so considering the other results obviously there's always that what if what if we were able to get a goal what if with the chance to be able with Piet Harris or Shaughnessy right at the end what if you were able to do that obviously that would have been great we've been further clear of Bolton and Derby but I think when you take it into the context not just the weekend but midweek results it's a very positive point gained assuming that we're able to now go and, and, and take victory on, on well, on tomorrow, actually. It's come around very, very quickly, this game, assuming we're able to go and take victory there and take victory in upcoming games as well and capitalise on that. I think it'll prove a, a point game rather than two points dropped, but that's, you know, that's the optimistic side. A pessimistic fan would maybe say two points dropped with our current form, but I think, yeah, I think it's 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 not too bad. I wasn't... Uh, 
um, going to write all over social media about how we're about to bottle promotion <laughs> just yet <laughs> after yet. that result. So I think it's everything, <laughs> everything's still OK. Absolutely. We're going to get the thoughts of uh, Dean Adams here on the Football Hour a little later on as well. Dean will be joining us very, very shortly. So we'll come on and talk about Pompey's new signing uh, when Dean does join us in hopefully around about five minutes or so. But Alex, I just want to get your thoughts uh, on Mark Leonard. He's a midfielder currently playing his trade for Northampton Town on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion. Scored a couple of screamers this season for the Cobblers uh, as well, one of which at Fratton Park in Pompey's 4-1 win over them just a few weeks ago. According to our friends and our colleagues over at the Portsmouth News, Pompey are reportedly interested in signing him on a permanent deal in the summer. There was reported interest back last season, or the start of this season rather, for his signature. He's now only 20 to t- 22 years of age, midfielder currently on loan at Northampton Town. Uh, Alex, Mark Leonard, of course, if it does happen, it's going to happen in the summer. Would that be the kind of signing from you as a Pompey fan's perspective that would be manageable in the Championship? Um, because, of course, that's where we're hoping to be come sort of July, August time. Do you think he'll do a, a job in that division? Yeah, you, you just about covered yourself there, Jake, by saying that's what we hope to do. <laughs> uh, almost, almost declaring our promotion there. No, I mean, it's, it's all I've seen of him is, is to say is that is that fantastic goal at Fratton Park. And, you know, I think at the time when I was just watching, I had I, I to applaud it. It was fantastic. So I think it, it's very, it's a signing that we're, I think if you, if you look at our recruitment, since we've had the combination of John Messina and Richard Hughes, it's been a very, very positive recruitment drive. Mm. I think we can then be optimistic about any kind of signing. And considering you're looking at, say, a young lad on loan from a Premier League outfit, looking to sign them permanently, if we indeed do end up in the Championship, it is it is the sort of signing that I think, you know, has made uh, Richard Hughes and John Messina's team this season. So a young player that has prospects coming from a higher level. Yeah. Probably isn't necessarily the cheapest, but isn't also someone you have to break the bank for, that kind of that middle ground, that sort of balance they've been able to strike, I think, so far this season. Seems a very, very positive, uh, would be a positive acquisition, assuming that we were we were able to get it done and assuming we were in the championship. Whether they, you go straight into the side, I don't know, but clearly, I, don't, I like the fact they said he's on loan this season, but you've just said that we're looking to make a permanent signing. Yeah. If I heard that correctly, that that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a very, very positive move, and I think that's been... Subject. Listen, we understand loan signings have to make up part of the team, but I think also the fact that we've been able to secure permanent contracts for so many players this year has been a breath of fresh air. It's been a constant moan of Pompey fans over the last few years, a number of loan players. So it's been it's uh, it's been very refreshing. And again, I'd have complete faith with the recruitment so far that that would be a, a positive acquisition. But uh, let's, just, let's, let's just get this season. Let's just get this season finished. First. Let's get the job done before we start thinking about the uh, the championship side. Definitely. Alex, thank you very much for the time being. Now, earlier in the week, we sent George Wedlake to the Blues training ground to get some pre-match interviews ahead of tomorrow's meeting with Oxford at Fratton Park. We'll hear from John Bassinio later, but George also spoke to Cassini Yengi, first asking the Aussie international about his recent experience on duty with the Socceroos at the Asian Cup and how he's finding his first season in English football so far. It's been great. I think it's been uh, somewhat of a success, but I still have a lot to learn and a lot to give and uh, a lot to improve on. So I'm looking forward to playing out the rest of the season. And is it how you expected it to be? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm a pretty confident kid. I think uh, I've had a pretty good year so far and I kind of expected it to be like that. Eight goals so far, that kind of return. Is that something you're happy with? No, I always want more. Um, I think I've had a few opportunities where I probably should have scored this season. Uh, I could have had more goals and maybe if I didn't get the injury I would have played a few more games and if I work a bit harder in training maybe I'll be able to start some more games so I'm I'm always wanting more so yeah I'm I'm happy with eight goals but I still want to push on it and score a lot more. 
Uh, something else has happened for you this season, a call-up to the Senior Australia squad and going to the Asia Cup as well. What are your feelings about that? Yeah, it's awesome. It's a, it's a dream come true, something that I've looked forward to since since I was a kid. And I think coming over here to Pompey and playing well and improving as a player has got me in the eye of, of the national team coaches and they've obviously selected me. So, yeah, it's a, an awesome achievement for me and I'm looking forward to playing more games. So how was your experience of the Asia Cup? It was amazing. It was, it was a top environment and it was a... You know, a major international tournament. We played in some some awesome stadiums that were used in the World Cup and whatnot. So yeah, I, I loved it and got to play against some some big players in, in in opposition. And yeah, it was good. Obviously, didn't end how we wanted to, but yeah, it was a good first experience. So you've been back a few weeks now. How is it being back in Portsmouth? It's lovely. Um, I was looking forward to coming back. To be honest, um, missed it a little bit. Uh, maybe not so much the weather, but just being around the lads and the training environment and playing games at Fratton Park are, are awesome. And I love love creating moments here. So I was I was eager to get back. Yeah, that atmosphere was that something you kind of miss being at Fratton Park and playing in front of the crowd? Yeah, for sure. That feeling you get when you're playing at home at Fratton Park and uh, when you score a goal again on that end, then everyone's jumping up and celebrating and singing your name. It's it's awesome. It's not like anything else so I'm looking forward to hopefully feeling that and experiencing that that moment and that special you know special something a few more times and upon returning there are a few new faces around the training ground as well what do you make of the signings in the transfer window yeah we've we've added some some new players to the team and I think they've brought some new life into the squad and it's always good to have some some fresh faces in in the squad we were going through a patch where we we started to lose a few games and drawing and I think those boys coming in just sparked some new life and new energy into the squad especially around the training ground and things like that which has helped us you know be successful over the last couple of games so you make a lot of appearances for Portsmouth this season quite a few of them coming off the bench how do you find that you know entering a game kind of when it's already in full flow yeah it's, it depends on the game I think sometimes it can be a bit difficult um, of course I'd love to start more games and I prefer to start games than come off the bench but yeah I think when I've come on I've, I've done alright sometimes a bit difficult depending on the scoreline you know sometimes I'm coming on and, and we're, we're setting up to just defend and hold out the result which as a striker you, you want to be attacking and trying to score goals so it isn't the most fun, but it's it's part of the process and it's the contribution I have to, to do to, to help the team get the three points. So. Uh, Colby Bishop, obviously, taking his place in the team is quite tough. What do you think that will take from you? It's a difficult one. I don't have the answers. Maybe the, the gaffer will have the answers for you, but it's something that I want to do. Of course, I, I, I'm competitive and I want to start. I want to be the, the leading striker for Pompey, so I, hopefully I can, I can take his place in the near future. Scoring goals, helping the team create goal-scoring opportunities is, is what I'm here to do, and I think... If I just keep coming on when I get my opportunity, trying my best to do that, um, hopefully it will change the gaffer's mind. We did see you both on the pitch at once against Charlton on Saturday. How was that for you? Yeah, it's good. I don't mind playing up top with him. I think it's it's something that we haven't really worked on too much in training. It kind of just happens depending on what the situation is in the game. But I think, yeah, in the future that could be, could be something that we could work on and, and it might work out really well. At top of the league, 11 games to go now. What's the mood in the training camp? Are you feeling any pressure with that at all? No, I don't think so. Everyone's quite relaxed around the training ground. I think we kind of break everything down into to smaller little increments, you know, every, one training at a time, one day at a time, one game at a time, one week at a time, and, and just go from there. So, yeah, everyone's quite relaxed and 
confident, you know, going into games. And from the views that I've been seeing on social media, it seems like you've cemented yourself as a bit of a fan favourite at Fratton Park. Have you got a message for the Portsmouth supporters? Thank you for your support. Um, I love you guys and I can't wait to make more memories together. <laughs> that there was Cassini Yengi speaking to George Wedlake on Wednesday ahead of this weekend's League One encounter with Oxford United at PO4. Linda has got in touch on the emails. Good evening to you, Linda, saying the point we got against an improving Charlton last Saturday was proved to be good for us, considering of the result they got against against Derby and Wigan, beating Bolting as well, uh, proved to be a good week for us overall. We now need to keep the pressure up by getting three points tomorrow because Barnsley are also creeping up on us. Uh, welcome to our new signing player, Pompey. Uh, Linda Mail on the emails there. Thank you very much uh, to Linda for getting in touch. And uh, I'm very pleased to say that our second guest has now logged on, joined us for the show. Dean Adams is back on the Football Hour. Dean, a very good evening to you, mate. Good evening. What have I missed? Uh, not a lot. You, you've missed the uh, the pre-match thoughts of Cassini Yengi. We just heard from him there. Me and Alex were speaking yes. about the reported interest in uh, Mark Leonard as well, the Brighton and Hove Albion uh, midfielder yes. currently on loan at Northampton Town. We spoke a bit about that. And later on, Dean, we're going to reveal Pompey's brand new signing for those listeners tuning in back home if they haven't seen it yet on social media. We'll come on to that after the break. But Dean, I just want to get your thoughts on Cassini Yengi, and I appreciate you probably didn't hear that interview back there, but he's recently come back into the fold. He's been on international duty with Australia, gained some very valuable experience in the Asian Cup, and he's come back to Pompey firing and really hungry and fired up, wanting to get back into the side. And, and with that interview, speaking to George, he wants to try and dislodge Colby Bishop for that position up top. Yeah, and I think he's... He, he's he's got the right uh, he's definitely got the right attitude. He's he's been an excellent player when we've seen him play and when he's when he's come in he's scored goals. We know that we've got we've got we're in the great luxury of having two great strikers to choose from. And this day and age, you need a squad of players. So to have either Yengi or Colby up top is absolutely fantastic. Can they play together? Not hundred percent sure. I haven't seen that yet, have we? Can one of them play in the number ten role? Yeah, I think. You can play either one of them in the 10 role. Uh, I think Colby works really well in the 10 role, holding it up if Yengi's up top. And I think you can switch that around. So I think you could have them both in the same team. I think your formation would have to stay the same. I wouldn't like mm. to see uh, John Massino change from the 4 2 3 1. There was talk today about people saying it could be a 4 4 2. I would hate to see that, and I don't think that would quite work, and I don't think we need to change something that's working. But, yeah, Yengi's definitely definitely on fire for us, and he's a great player to watch and see play. So, yeah, he's, he's, he still needs to be a little bit patient. He's still new to English football, yeah. and he's got to be patient with himself, and it takes time. So, yeah, great player to have. Dean, thank you very much for the time being. We'll be back with you and Alex shortly, but it is now time for a very quick break. When we return, we'll bring you more build-up to tomorrow's clash with Oxford United at PO4, and we'll hear from their former defender. Current Blues boss John Massimo addresses the positive results for Pompey in midweek, though acknowledges that he's got a lot of work still to do before anything can truly be celebrated. I think the minute you try and think too much about what's going on around you, then you do come unstuck. So obviously we, we look at the other results, but they've got no bearing on what we're actually going to do at the weekend. And that's the most important thing for us. Stay with us here on Express FM as we bring you that pre-match interview with John Massinio and more from Alex and Dean too. We'll be back after this short break. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. 
the new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Hello and welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, a show made for the fans by the fans. Alex Fletcher and Dean Adams are alongside myself, Jake Smith, for this evening's episode on which we have been tasked with providing you with a full look ahead to the upcoming action in League One this weekend. Notably, of course, Pompey's next test against Oxford United. Let's run you through the entire schedule for League One for tomorrow. Then Bolton Wanderers at home to Cambridge United. Of course, Bolton without a win in their last two. Carlisle United hosts Reading and a big game down at the bottom of League One. Reading as well deducted a further two points this week uh, in regards to a late payment to the HMRC. Elsewhere, Cheltenham Town hosts Burton Albion. Derby County also without a win in two are at home to Port Vale. Fleetwood Town are home to Wigan Athletic. Bristol Rovers travel to Leighton Orient. It's Lincoln City versus Stevenage. Northampton Town at home to Charlton Athletic. Peterborough United versus Exeter. Shrewsbury Town versus Blackpool. And at Adams Park, Wickham Wanderers take on a resurgent Barnsley side, knocking on the door for an automatic promotion spot. And uh, Alex looking ahead to the weekend then, of course, Pompey at home to Oxford United. The reverse fixture only took place um, just over a month ago, actually, the back end of January on the 30th. It was a Tuesday night at the Kassam Stadium. The game moved from earlier in the season owing to international call-ups and Pompey were on the cusp of victory until a very, very late goal from James Henry at the Kassam made it Oxford 2, Pompey 2. Alex, what do you think Pompey and John Bassinio can learn from that game to ensure they don't get the same result tomorrow? I think you know, we should, in theory, be in a, a sort of different headspace now in terms of the form. I think we were sort of coming at a back end of some pretty poor form at Oxford United. It's it's always difficult. I don't think, he, you know, in terms of the match, there's anything you can look at and say we haven't been able to recover from throughout the season. I think sometimes starting games has been an issue for us. It's having that consistency of performance. I think when we've consistently played, um, you know, to the best of our ability throughout the game. We've blown teams away, you know, sort of like uh, Northampton for the majority of the game against Reading, uh, even against Bolton, where we've been, you know, really, really positive in the way we've played. And I think that's going to be gig throughout the match. Mm. Then then we'll, we should be absolutely fine and we, should, we shouldn't have any issues at all. I think, yeah, you know, it's it's a sucker punch, you know, a late, a late um, equaliser. But I think generally if we'd have started that game you know, a lot more strongly, sort of come out on the front foot, been able to sort of attack them, not concede in that first half, then I think um, we probably would have come out and we would have taken all three points. So I think it's not so much conceding late that's the problem, it's 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 starting in the right vein of form and then continuing that throughout the game. Yeah. Oxford United, Dean, aside with only one win in their last six, defeated last Saturday and um, two draws prior to that 
as well. They're down into seventh position, overtaken on Tuesday night by Stevenage into the playoff spots. And Stevenage also have played a game less than Oxford United. Um, just below Leighton Orient and Blackpool also haven't played 35 games on 54 and 55, uh, 53 points respectively. Sorry, Oxford on 57. So a team, Dean, yes, we know they're a difficult side to come up against. And every single game we play against Oxford United, there seems to be a little bit of added spice to it. The fan bases can get on the back of each other as well. And, and in all fairness to Oxford, they can bring a fair number down. I think we're expecting somewhere between 13 and 1,400 at Fratton Park tomorrow. Nonetheless, they are a side on, on a really poor run of form and Pompey that on quite the opposite. How much of a tough test do you think this is going to be? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very tough. I think they've got a really good manager. John, it's a game John Messino is obviously personally going to want to win as well. But we're at home. We've got our fans behind us. They are in poor form, but... They they will know this week. Oxford will have had chats amongst themselves this week. If they want to push on for the playoffs, they're going to have to start winning as from this weekend. And they'll be bang up for it. So, as we said earlier, we need to start in the right shape tomorrow. We, we can't go conceding early goals like we do and giving ourselves hard work. But I think if we can play like we can play, play our normal game, the crowd are right behind us from from the word go. Mm. Then tomorrow's a winnable game, and yeah, they're in they're they're in bad form. But if we get that early goal tomorrow, Oxford are going to start panicking. They will have to come at us, and that's when we can hit teams on the break. So yeah, massive massive game for both clubs tomorrow, but certainly a game that we can we can keep our seven point gap tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully so. And and Alex, how how big of a, of a job of these Pompey fans? got to do tomorrow afternoon of course we saw record attendance at Fratton Park for the visit of Reading just uh, uh, around about two weeks ago peaking that 20,000 um, attendance at, at PO4 for the first time uh, since 2011. Tomorrow Oxford United come down about 13 1400 we'll see some Pompey fans in the Milton end as well and a lot of Fratton Park games between now and the end of the season have sold out owing to of course um, away allocations as things stand and you, you can't help but get the feeling that tomorrow afternoon, as Dean mentioned, very quick start and getting the fans on board from from minute one, and it could be a very uphill task for the visiting use. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I mean, even um, even in just the the games where it's sort of an eighteen, nineteen thousand, so that's not far off from from the twenty thousand we saw at Reading. But actually, you felt such a difference in that game, just being looking around the stadium, and you're not seeing sort of a lot of building work. You're not seeing a lot of empty seats. Um, due to health and safety issues or whatever it may be, you, you, you know, apart from the, the segregation in the Milton end, you're seeing a completely full um, Fratton Park, and it's fantastic to see. And I think, you know, the the, the fans at Reading, considering when we were we were struggling in the sort of first 20, 20 minutes to half an hour, they they stuck by the team, they really got with them, and I think that sort of atmosphere. As soon as Paddy Lane had scored that first goal, hmm. that really shifted the game. And I'm not quite sure Reading were able to, to sort of handle that. Again, it's very difficult to tell how much uh, a performance is affected by fans, but. I think if you look at Oxford United, as you said there, you've alluded to their poor form. You've alluded to the fact that they're going to have a lot of fans there. That and yeah, you know, there's, there's always a, a little bit of extra spice to those fixtures. You are right. If we start fast, if we start on them, they'll have the fans up. I think they will struggle to cope with us in those early stages. That's going to be key. We've got to start quickly. We've got to start. We can't allow them into the game. Uh, obviously, listen, John Messini is a very pragmatic manager, and that's that's fantastic to see. I don't think we've seen that in the last few years. He'll be. You know, keeping his head screwed on, he's not going to tell his players to go absolutely flying in. But I think if we start on the front foot, we start with our game. The fans are already going to be buoyant because of the way things are going at the moment. We've got to capitalise on that. Mm. And then hopefully, 
that should that should steer through throughout the 90 minutes. And we're going to come on to talk a bit more about Oxford United in a few moments' time. We'll get the um, lowdown on the use with Kirsty Roxanne taking a bit of a dive into the top goal scorer uh, information on the manager as well and, and who to look out for in that game tomorrow afternoon. We're also going to talk about Pompey's new signing after we hear the pre-match thoughts of John Massinio too. But news announced earlier this week, in fact, just yesterday, uh, Pompey's home match against Derby County, which was scheduled for good uh, Easter Monday, sorry, at Fratton Park, three o'clock kif- kickoff on Bank Holiday Easter Monday, the first of April, has been moved. That game will now take place the following day, Tuesday night, the second of April, an eight o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park. Um, so Pompey Life for that one will, of course, be on air from seven p.m. So an eight o'clock kickoff against Derby County. That game to be played on Sky Sports, uh, meaning no Easter Monday football for the Blues. Of course, they do travel to Wickham on Good Friday, just a few days prior to that. Um, Dean, I want to get your thoughts on this one. Derby County, yeah. under the lights at Fratton Park. We know perfect. what kind of atmosphere that can generate, as you mentioned there. Perfect. Maybe yeah. it is a good scenario for Pompey. Yeah, a bit disappointing. You, you, you take away the traditional um, Easter Monday football away no, from the fans. No, no? You, You're not no. of that opinion? No, I don't agree. Because when you look at sides at our level, like Derby would have travelled down Friday lunchtime. They would have training in the morning on a Friday. Uh, well, that would be on the Sunday on the Easter Bank holiday. So they would tra- they would travel, they would train in the morning on Sunday. They would travel down after lunch in the afternoon. They would have a good night's rest and play the game the next day. With it being the Tuesday night, Derby will actually train, or travel down the Monday, the morning of that game. So for us, that's how Derby operate. They would travel down the same time as that game that night. And that doesn't always work out well for sides. So they would be a little bit leggy. It's a long old journey. And that's, we've got, as we said earlier, we've got that crowd under the lights, full Mm. capacity. That's a massive game for them, massive game for us. But I think we would be better prepared for that being a Tuesday night. And I, I, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Fratton Park under, but, but the floodlights on a Tuesday night can often um, conjure up some special moments, Alex, and, and potentially something we, we might have to look forward to more frequently next season. Um, with this new television broadcast deal, Sky Sports are, are hosting a lot more games on their channels, um, not just in the Championship as we've seen in recent years, but in League One and League Two as well. According to Andy Moon, our commentator on Pompey Live uh, through BBC Radio Seven, he's been tweeting this week about. Um, that derby game it being moved and the implications of it and also highlighting that next season he reckons and um, that every weekend or most weekends at least you might see four or five championship games on that Saturday three o'clock slot moved whether it's to a 12.30 5.30 or a Sunday or even a Monday night so if Pompey are going to be in the championship next season at the moment things are looking good for that we might have to prepare ourselves for maybe even only half our games actually being played on a Saturday at three o'clock yeah, and I'm not looking forward to that, I have to admit. I, I, as much as... I think every football fan, in some respects, is quite hypocritical because, for me, I, I really enjoy you know getting up on a Saturday, watching the Premier League game that's on at 12.30, following games at 3, then watching 5.30. I get excited when they put an 8 o'clock game on. Then you watch Super Sunday, and it's brilliant, and it makes your weekend. It's fantastic. And when you have the international breaks, even though Pompey might still be playing at times they have, you do miss all that. But at the same time, I'm never satisfied if Pompey aren't playing at three o'clock on a Saturday or at 7.45 on a Tuesday. So it's give and take. And I think with the way that the sort of TV broadcasting is going these days, you will have to get used to that. Even if in League One and League Two now, there's, there's a lot more games now that are, that are, that are, that are like to be televised with yeah. these TV deals and things like that. So it is, it is frustrating from a fan's perspective, particularly if you're a travelling fan. I mean, for me, I'm not someone who lives in Portsmouth anymore, so 
TV games are great. You know, obviously, I can watch these matches and, and, and still watch the games as opposed to just checking the scores on Sky Sports. But I think for general fans, it's it's not ideal. But, we, you know, we don't necessarily have much say over it. And that's the way things are going now. And I think from a financial perspective, with the way the championship is now, I think with our sort of relatively sustainable model, I think it's been proven to, to, see, to be sustainable with the way we're run at the moment. I think we will hopefully benefit more than a lot of other teams yeah. who are either, you know, not benefit from the TV money or they'll get drowned in it, they'll overspend, whatever it may be. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be geared up for it, if, yeah. if that is the case. If that is the case, of course. Uh, Alex, thank you very much. Uh, Dave Byrne has got in touch on the emails tonight saying, Good evening, Jake. Interesting now that Bolton need an average of two points per game from their remaining matches to just reach the 90-point mark. Barnsley and Derby need very slightly more. We can get above uh, that with uh, six wins. An average of two points per game will get us to 95. I can see both Bolton and Derby picking up maximum points this weekend. Ideally, it would be great to get to where we want to be with uh, some games remaining. Easier said than done, I know, but Lincoln is looking at an increasingly difficult place to visit on the last day of the season. More sensible recruitment work done today. A very good player at this level, someone we're going to talk about in a few moments' time. As for tomorrow, Dave concludes, three points and zero cards against Oxford would be a big result for us player Pompey Dave on the emails there right on to John Messina now he's been speaking to George Wedlake this week about the importance of that point at Charlton last weekend especially considering those kind of results for Pompey in midweek uh, the same as we did at the weekend I think we we sort of viewed the the point of Charlton as it was we thought it was a good result we didn't think the performance was really up to standards and we thought we could have won the game if we played a bit better but we know that Charlton are a decent side and they're going to take plenty of points off plenty of teams for the rest of the season. So I think at the time, results-wise, happy with it, happy to get out of there with a clean sheet and a point. And we have to follow it up with a much better performance and hopefully a win at the weekend. And because of those results in midweek, the teams in the chasing pack now can't catch you mathematically unless your side drop points. Has that changed anything? Has that changed how you'll approach each game? No, it won't change anything in terms of the way we play and in terms of the way we prep. We're still going to go out and try and win games of football and that's the most important thing. I think the minute you try and think too much about what's going on around you, then you do come unstuck. So, obviously, we, we look at the other results, but they've got no bearing on what we're actually going to do at the weekend, and that's the most important thing for us. So, it literally was a case last night of looking at the results. It was a nice bonus, and then we move on and prepare for Oxford. So, your team are now unbeaten in eight, top of the form table as well as the actual table. What would you put this current run of form down to? Where are you impressed at the moment in what areas? Well, I think a lot of it came from the loss against Leighton Orient. I think it was a really good wake-up call for us because we just weren't good enough on the day and it wasn't the fact that we were outplayed I think it was the nature of the the way that we were outplayed especially at home and I think that you know it was a really good I guess kick up the backside for all of the lads to make sure that we didn't get too complacent and we knew that we had a really tough run of games coming up to try and get as many points as possible and, and straight after the Orient game we had three away games and three tough away games on the spin and so that was a really big test for us and I think since then it's been a lot better we've been a lot happy with that and some of the performances have been excellent and uh, I think we've, we've pretty much deserved everything we've got over the, um, that run but now we've got a lot more work to do because we've still got a massive 11 games coming up and we've got to go and uh, you know, keep on with that form and, and try and finish the job We've been talking recently about the attacking options you have at your disposal but defensively 
statistically, things are looking really good there too. Conceded the fewest goals in the league at the moment with the injuries and the players that we've lost in those positions as well. Uh, how impressed are you with, with the defence currently? Yeah, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but the way we look to try and operate is that we, we defend as an 11 and I think they're genuinely one of our um, best defensive players, regardless of who is on the pitch, whether it's Cassini or, or Colby um, or even Christian when he's played up there at times. I think he's been our number nine. We look to set the press right from the top of the pitch and, and the seven and the 11 are really integral in that as well. And I think the more we can do that and the higher we can press and, and the more difficult we can make it for sides to actually get in our half, then the less that our goalkeeper has to do. And, and one of the really pleasing things, I think, through this season is that we've kept quite a few clean sheets and we've been defensively solid. Um, but for the most part, we have gone through games where... Will hasn't really had too many saves to make and I think one that really comes to mind is the, the Port Vale game is just a recent example where I, Will was largely a spectator apart from his excellent distribution so that's what we want, it's not always the case because there have been times where we've called upon Will to make big saves as well which is always a big part of it but I think the, the point I guess I'm trying to make is that uh, throughout the side we want everybody to contribute to that defensive solidity and I think everyone has done that In the Charlton game uh, you mentioned Bishop and Yengi a second ago, we actually saw them on the pitch together, something we don't see too often Often. Is that something to think about going forward? I think so. It's certainly been uh, weighing on our minds over the past few weeks with the way that Cassini's been since he came into the side following Colby's injury at Burton. Uh, he started three games on the spin after that and he was excellent, including that Bolton game. And then when he came back into the side against Cambridge as well, I thought he was a real handful. He's looked sharp since he's come back from the Asia Cup. And we've got that paired alongside our top scorer with, I think, maybe 16 goals, 16, 17 goals. So uh, it's a really, really good option for us to have. And if we can get both of them on the pitch at the same time, uh, at times we've made, been able to do that this season. And I think if we can do it within the right structure, then it looks like a real threat. Uh, in terms of players returning from injury, uh, Zach Swanson, you mentioned last time that he wasn't too far off. Yeah, so Zach trained with the first team squad today. It wasn't a full session, so he just did the first couple of bits relatively light but it's really nice to have him back and reintroduced into the fold and we'll look to keep progressing that and hopefully have him involved a bit more on Friday building up to a full training session at some point next week and then we'll see when he can actually be involved in a squad or in a match day uh, starting 11 I think that's uh, nothing imminent certainly not for this weekend but a really good progress in terms of where we are with Zach now Ben Stevenson as well you mentioned his recovery was, was, was moving along nicely is that still the case? Yeah so Ben's been outside and that's always a nice step I think when you spend so long inside doing all your rehab first of all for the player it can be a difficult place to be in the first time you put your boots on and get back outside on the grass it's quite a relief I think to be able to run again the next part for him is that aggressive change of direction and trying to get himself up to full capacity before he can actually come back and train which is going to be at least a couple of weeks for him so everything on a on a good upward path with with Ben and we'll have him back before the end of the season Tino and you're in as well. Yeah, Tino, uh, we haven't had Tino here in the building. Um, I think building up to full training at Chelsea first before he comes back here, but I think as soon as he does that, then we'll get him back over. Uh, Tino, I think he came to the last home game. It was great to have him around. It was great to see him. Uh, so really good news on that. Very, very cautious, I think, is the, is the order of the day for Tino, considering his injury uh, history and also obviously what happened this season and the fact that it was major surgery. So we've, we've got to make sure we get that right. Uh, so next up is Oxford. It was only a month ago the sides faced each other in the reverse fixture. Has much changed since then? Not a huge amount, I don't think. I mean, Oxford have brought in a couple of players. We've brought in a couple of players as well. I think it was towards the back end of the transfer window. And I think in terms of playing styles, I don't expect either side to have changed too much. There are always going to be a couple of tactical tweaks here and there. So I think... That's probably one thing that, in terms of how we, we prep for the game, isn't going to be massively, massively different. But certainly the way these games play out, no two games are the same. And it's going to be very, very different than it was that night at the Kassam.
The pre-match thoughts fair of head coach John Massinio speaking to George at Pompey's training complex earlier in the week. And don't forget, Blues fans, we also want to hear from you this evening before we leave you in the capable hands of Steve Randall with school days at seven. Get in touch all the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text, starting those messages with the word express. You can email pompey at expressfm.com. Otherwise, use at expressfm on X. Head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or reach us through the ExpressFM app. Ready to download for free on the Apple app and and Google Play Store. When we come back, we'll read out a few of those and get the final thoughts of Alex and Dean, and we'll also hear from Kirsty Roxanne, who has the lowdown on Oxford. The Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. Don't go anywhere. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome along for one final time tonight to the Football Hour served here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Local radio and local voices with local content for local people. Still to come this evening, a detailed look into Pompey's next challenge, Oxford, as well as a reminder where the Portsmouth women are in action this weekend as Jay Sadler's side set to return to league matters and continue their push for promotion to the Championship. But first, uh, Dean Adams, Pompey have today announced for side of midfielder Lee Evans. Uh, he was a free agent after leaving Ipswich Town at the start of February and uh, has signed a contract with uh, Portsmouth until the end of the season. Um, Dean, your initial thoughts on that signing? Yeah, good good timing. I think it was needed. A bit of an insurance policy against uh, Moxon's couple of yellow cards away from his ban if he, if he gets to that point. It, I think it's a great bit of business at a great time and, and more so people talk about the, the guy's injury record. Yeah, he's had injury problems, but if we get this guy fit straight away, he's he's an absolute quality midfielder. I really, really like him. So if he stays next season and you get all our players back fit, that's an incredible 11 and an incredible subs bench. I don't know who you would pick to play, <laughs> but we've got a, there's a great squad there. But yeah, yeah back to your point, it's, it's great timing much much needed and i think it's it's a quality addition to the uh, to the squad mm. a player as well who has uh, a lot of experience in this division i think he enjoyed being promoted out of the league one so much that he just wanted to come back and do it again. He's been part of three different sides but have achieved promotion from this division. Um, two times he was part of a squad uh, until the end of the campaign and one of which um, at Wigan in 2018 he was recalled from his loan at Wolves halfway through the season but still part of a squad that achieved promotion come the end of that campaign. Elsewhere he did achieve promotion with Wolves back in 2014 in League One under the management of none other than Kenny Jacket and of course with Ipswich at the end of last season. He just wanted to come back and do it all again. It is unknown at this time where 
whether or not he was registered in time for tomorrow's match. That information uh, was not included in the statement released by Portsmouth Football Club earlier today. So we'll have to wait and see until 2pm tomorrow. It is, of course, uh, worth reminding Pompey fans that he has not played since September. So if he is registered in time, then maybe we will only see him on the bench. We don't quite know um, whether or not it's time for John Messina to throw him straight into the starting eleven. That will be determined tomorrow afternoon. We will find out, of course, and Pompey Live will have you covered from 2 o'clock and bring you the latest information on that. Right, let's take a closer look at Oxford United, shall we? Kirsty Roxanne has the latest on Des Buckingham's side. A goalless draw at the Valley last time out ended with the Blues gaining a point ahead of promotion-chasing rivals Derby County and Bolton Wanderers, increasing the gap at the top of the table to seven points. Next up, Oxford United travelled down to the south coast. This week's opposition. The Blues have six games left at Fratton Park until the end of this season, the first the opponents being the U's of Oxford. Let's dive into the side now. Manager. Des Buckingham is now at the helm for the U's. He began his professional coaching career at Oxford at the age of 18, initially working through the club's age group squads. At the start of the 2013-14 season in League Two, Buckingham progressed as a coach into the first team under the manager, Chris Wilder. During his time at the club, Buckingham supported the transition of 24 players from the youth ranks and into their first professional contracts. Buckingham then made a move to New Zealand and joined Wellington Phoenix under head coach Ernie Merrick. After Merrick's resignation, Buckingham was appointed and at 31 years old, he became the youngest in A-League history. In July 2017, Buckingham left Wellington Phoenix and took up a role at Stoke City, who were then playing in the Premier League as an assistant coach for their under-23 team. Buckingham returned to New Zealand to coach the under-20s and under-23 teams and also coached for Melbourne City and Mumbai City before returning to Oxford last November on a long-term contract as head coach, replacing the departing Liam Manning. One to watch. A one to watch is Oxford's number 23, Josh Murphy. The winger began his career at Norwich City, scoring his professional debut in a League Cup match against Watford. Murphy joined then-championship side Wigan Athletic on an initial one-month loan. His five appearances at Wigan soon earned a loan extension until the end of the season. However, he was unable to help the Latix survive relegation and return to Norwich. Murphy also went on loan to MK Dons and in May 2016, he was named Players Player of the Season. In total, Murphy made 46 appearances for the club, scoring seven goals in all competitions and finishing the season as MK's joint top goalscorer whilst also achieving the most assists. Murphy joined Premier League side Cardiff City on a four-year deal before then signing a two-year deal with Oxford in League One. He scored his first goal for the club in a recent 4-2 league victory over Wigan. Top scorer. The current top goal scorer is Mark Harris, who has bagged nine league goals so far this campaign. Harris is a forward who wears a number nine shirt and has represented Wales at under 17, under 19, under 20 and under 21 levels. Harris turned professional at Cardiff City, making loan spells at Newport County, Port Vale and Wrexham. He broke into Cardiff's first team during the 2021-22 season, but was released last June. Harris joined Oxford the following month on a long-term deal, and previous manager Liam Manning was quoted as saying, signing a full international with his best years ahead of him is a big thing for us. The 25-year-old has scored two goals since the Blues visited the Kassam Stadium at the end of January. Current form. Des Buckingham's side currently sit just outside of the playoff places in seventh. After the Blues trip to the Kassam Stadium at the end of January, the U's have picked up seven points from their six matches since, including a 4-2 win over Wigan, four draws, and the most recent game was a 2-1 defeat to Leighton Orient. Last time out between these two sides, Oxford grabbed a late point with a goal from James Henry in the 90th minute. 
Des Buckingham's side had occupied sixth position at the start of the week, but a win on Tuesday night for Stevenage in their game in hand against Cambridge United saw the U's leapfrogged and dumped out of the playoff spots. So after the results in the league going in the Blues' favour on Tuesday night, can they now extend their unbeaten run to nine games and possibly even open up the gap at the top even more? All of the Amisbo action on Pompey Live. Yeah, thank you to Kirsty there for providing us more of an insight into Oxford United. Right, Pompey fans, keep an eye out for tomorrow for 10 people around Fratton Park who will be carrying blue buckets, collecting donations to raise money in aid of supporting those battling with Parkinson's. The team will be situated around the outside of the South and North stands as well as the Fratton end. And be advised, if you are feeling charitable and have a few quid to donate, these bucket collectors are only able to receive cash. They do not have the facilities to take card payment. Proceeds from this collection will be going to support groups in Portsmouth and Cosham, so your money will not only be going to a great cause anyway, but also helping those a little closer to home. So that's Blue Buckets, 10 of them placed around the ground prior to kick-off, cash only if you are able to help raise money for those fighting Parkinson's. And a big thank you to Anita Stewart for sharing those details with me on X. Right, on to the Portsmouth women now and some news regarding their future and what had been a proposed move to the newly built John Jenkins Stadium. The new ground, built on the site of Moneyfield's old Dover Road Stadium, was pretty much complete after work had been delayed in the last 18 months or so. However, a planned move there on a permanent basis for the Pompey women may now be scrapped. In the league this season, Jay Sadler's side have attracted crowds of up to 1,400, while 1,846 came through the gates of Wesley Park for the FA Cup clash with Southampton in December. And these attendances, along with Pompey's ambitions to be competing in the Women's Championship next season have prompted those in charge to be in question whether or not John Jenkins Stadium, whilst a magnificent facility and a great addition to the city when it comes to helping with Pompey in the community, is actually fit for their purpose and up to the standards set by the leagues above. You can read that article in full as reported by Neil Wilder at the Portsmouth News at portsmouthnews.co.uk and you can follow them on X at Portsmouth News. And uh, back to Wanfield matters now and uh, following on from last Sunday's defeat at the National League Cup semi-final, Jason Side uh, heading back to league action this weekend. The Blues are top of the National League Southern Premier Division and go into Sunday's game off the back of a 7-0 win over Chatham Town in their previous league fixture at Wesley Park. The girls are also on a run of 12 consecutive league wins. This weekend, they travel to the Ocean Park Arena to take on Cardiff City Ladies for a 2pm kickoff on Sunday. As things stand, Pompey is top of the league, six points clear of Hashtag United in second, having played the same amount of games. Seven league matches remaining for the Blues this season, so another win this Sunday would take Jay Sadler and his team within touching distance of the Championship, which is where both the women's and the men's teams hope to be. Come the start of next season, which leads us nicely on to the score predictions for tomorrow's game at Fratton Park. Uh, Jamie on X is going for a 2-1 win for Pompey. Rachel also is going for a win, but 2-0. And Marcus Deacons on the email says it won't be an easy game, but going for a 2-1 win for the Blues. But what do our guests think? Uh, Alex, your score prediction, please. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. I think they're right. It's often feisty against Oxford, but I think if we start well, we're going to win 3-1. Lovely stuff. Thank you. Uh, Dean, what do you reckon tomorrow? I totally mirror that. I think we will start well tomorrow, and I also think it'll be 3-1. 3-1 says Dean Alex and Dean thank you both very much Alex it's been a pleasure as always thank you Jake thanks very much Dean likewise as well thank you very much for your time this evening
Yeah, cheers, Jake. Thank you. 11 games to go then for the Blues, who are potentially just a handful of wins away from securing promotion to the Championship. John Massino's side are unbeaten in eight league games and have seven points advantage at the top of League One. Can they extend that lead and keep the unbeaten streak going? For Gaffer's former team, Oxford United making a trip down to PO4 this weekend. Poppy Live will be on hand to provide full coverage of that game tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock. Here we go. Pompey Live. It was a mixed weekend for Portsmouth. And that's the final act of the game. And Portsmouth's winning run comes to an end. It's Newcastle United, the home side, for the going to the WNL Cup final. Pompey's men are back in action this Saturday as they host Oxford United. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from two. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. So that's Pompey Life back on the airways from two o'clock afternoon uh, for the visit of Oxford United to Fratton Park. You can tune in for all of the pre and post match talk online at expressfm.com and through our swanky new app. However, the uh, match commentary from free, you will need to switch over to 93.7 FM DAB or I Follow Pompey owing to online broadcasting restrictions. I'll be back with the next episode of the Football Hour on Monday evening from six. Two more Blues fans on the show to review all of the weekend's action. Hopefully, It'll be another Pompey win to discuss on the show as well. Hip Shaker is back from nine tonight before Express hits carries you through uh, with the uh, bangers from 11 o'clock this evening through to the early hours of Saturday morning. But before all of that, Steve Randall presents School Days right after the news at seven. That's all from me, but keep it Express FM for the rest of your Friday evening as we ring in the weekend. Thank you for listening and good night.